Ideas, ladies. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Very happy to be with you. We are so happy to have you. Um, so for those who don't know, obviously, I know both of you very well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go way back. Um, way back. Yes. Way, way. And, <laughs> and I'm so thrilled because, you know, the reason that we're speaking to you today mm. in particular is you are having... A very a, a labor of love, an amazing, incredible work of art. Hayden, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take any credit for that one. <laughs> um, but your first book is being published and released. Congratulations! Yes, yes. thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so we can't wait to talk to you about all of it. Now, obviously, I've known about this for a very long time. This has been in the works very long. for a very long time. How many years ago yeah. did you start writing this? So, so on this particular book, yes. we've been working on this book for five, five years. Five years. Five okay. years. Right. Yeah. Okay. And? Yeah. But it's been in the publishing process for about two and a half years. Now. Yes. Yeah. Is the that how long process. it takes? Yes. Well, I think COVID slowed things down a bit. Okay. Um, so they asked for a little extra time with it because of that. But it does take a long time. Is this your guys' first book? It's our first novel. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it's very exciting. And the release date is, is it the, tell me again. The release date is October 1st. First. October, October 1st. 1st. So I think that is very soon. from where we are now, nine days. So. Wow. Okay. We yeah. are counting down. Yeah. Yes. Official yeah. release date, October 1st. So first, yeah. let's just tell us a little bit, tell us the title, you know, what the book's about, and then we'll get into all the other Good stuff, too. Okay. Well, the book is called Stealing John Hancock, and our names on it are H&A Christensen. And it is a literary thriller, so it's a pretty fast-paced book. And our main character is J.P. Hancock, and he's in his 20s and a little bit directionless at this point in his life. He keeps trying different things, and they don't work out. And he's from a small town, and he's sort of fixated on the American dream, trying to make something of himself, but it's just never quite happening and he's feeling kind of down in the dumps about it. But then things get a whole lot worse when a cyber criminal utilizes this clever way to meld mortgage fraud and identity fraud to essentially steal houses, which is something you can actually do. This is actually a real thing that actually yeah. happens. We started this whole process when we read an article about a house stealing scam. I've yes. seen those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we just thought it was crazy when we found out about them. But uh, anyway, this cyber criminal decides that far better than just not getting caught for the crime is to frame someone else and have that person caught so he doesn't have to spend his life looking over his shoulder wondering if the police are coming. So he assumes JP's identity and frames him for the crime. And JP's life totally unravels and he has uh, a police detective Nia Gray hot on his heels convinced that he did it and he ends up pairing up with a 
brilliant, quirky hacker to try to clear his name. And um, that's sort of, yeah, that's sort of where it goes. And we sort of, we use the idea of an identity theft story to explore kind of how we each construct our own identities yeah. and and what what constitutes our happiness and what makes us who we are, how we construct yeah. our sense of self. So. so that's the underlying theme. Yeah. But it's through this very fast-paced caper. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a, a blockbuster movie to me, personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few people say that. You, so. I think it I is. Know, you never know. When yeah. I was reading it, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I can see it. And it's so real and relatable because so many people have been victims of identity theft. Oh, so true. Oh, yeah. Myself included. Yeah. But what drew you to that article, to that story? Why? So I think... One, we have both been touched by identity theft. I think most people I know have in one form or another, even if it was just a close call. But also when we read the article, it was just the idea that someone could steal, one, this giant immovable object that it seems just ridiculous that it could be stolen. And also, especially in this day and age when we're, we tend to be very house poor and like it's most people's greatest investment if they're lucky enough to own yeah, a house. The impact that that would have on a person yeah. could be astronomical. Yeah. 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 So why do I remember you writing that? I thought you were writing this like 15 years ago, I guess. Was it? No. Post? Okay. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> so, well... Allie has a very long history <laughs> with... So we we started writing a book together that is still unfinished a while ago. Okay. Maybe that's what you're thinking about. It was yes. called Chasing the Wind. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, that's you know, what I'm we, thinking of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're thinking of. And actually, to be honest, I love that book. But Another has, guy with a lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> There's a theme here, guys. I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and actually, stealing John Hancock is very strong women in it. So maybe yeah. we go... <laughs> I don't know what we're what we're drawn to there, but yeah. Well, yeah. The guy with the problems and the women that are really strong. <laughs> yeah. But Ali's Ali's first go at writing a book. How old were you? Oh, <laughs> well, I've been writing most of my life, I guess, and I actually started writing a novel when I was ten years old. Oh wow! I didn't didn't quite finish it, but I was always drawn to writing. And I would sit under this big willow tree in my backyard, and I was kind of a book nerd. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's also a, ch a children's book that you always reference that I know you wrote for the kids when they were young. Yeah, yeah, a few. A few. Yeah, well, yeah, a few. A few. She, yeah. Used, she used to read us her own children's books when we were growing up, and they were fantastic. So, well, clearly, why there's so many strong, amazing women in your books and writing because of you two <laughs> sitting right there. Uh, <laughs> I want to know, is it hard for you to, do you normally call her Allie or is it, or is it like you're, so, you're in your professional working mode? Yeah, it's professional. It's, it's professional. <laughs> so it's professional working mode. So whenever we're with our publishers, it doesn't seem strange to me. I call her Allie all the time. Um, however, I don't always call her mom even privately. Oh. Like it's usually... It's usually Moo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Explains. Oh, cute. I'm, or or Moo Moo with the grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. Then when she became a grandmother, it turned to Moo Moo. And uh, yeah. I've heard this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Briar will talk about yeah, Moo Moo. Yeah, will be like, Moo Okay. Moo. Yeah. And I'm always like, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. For well, everyone listening who might not know, it's this is a mother-daughter writing duo. I don't know. We didn't say that yes. in the beginning. And oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, at least my mom. That's right. Allie's Which mom, I find yeah. to be one of the most incredible things about you guys having a book come out as writing partners, a mom and daughter duo. You don't hear that often. No. It's unusual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been really, it's been really special. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been wonderful. I mean, you know, the icing on, on the cake is to actually have the book published, but working together has just, just been really great. Yeah. Yes. And Allie's the person who inspired me to write in the first place. So obviously she's been a writer in her own mind since she was 10, starting her first novel <laughs> then. But then she was also a corporate writer, a speech writer. She wrote articles for newspapers. And so she's always been a writer, but I had no intention of going in that direction until she talked me into it. So, <laughs> so she's strong on you. Well, <laughs> what direction were well, you she going had, in? She had her own path. She was. She had just finished a master's degree in environmental geography, specializing in sustainable forestry. Whoa. So that's a little different. That's a little different. <laughs> yeah, and it was actually, we started writing together the summer after I finished my master's degree. And at the time, I was doing Taekwondo very seriously, and I was... Um, what they oh, call yeah. in Canada a carded athlete, which means the government essentially pays you to train now. And I was competing she around the world. Was what? Yeah, like incredible. <laughs> I'm going to toot your horn for you, but Hesa was <laughs> incredible you. in Taekwondo and also trampoline, huge. I mean, there's nothing she can't do. Like one day she was like, I want to try aerial skiing. And I think Allie <laughs> goes to like Placid. Yeah, goes to like Placid and they try it and she just kills it. I mean, there's nothing Hesa can't do. And I know. You should, Olivia's face right now, her mouth is like on the floor. Is that why Briar is a good athlete? Yeah, well, she definitely gets it from your side of the family, not me or mine. It's, I, I attribute it all to Auntie Hesa and her dad and everyone else, of course. But yes, Auntie Hesa is incredible. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, well, thank you, Rachel. My landings and aerial scheme were pretty atrocious, by the way, but thank you. But the twists were great. <laughs> Until I hit the ground, yeah. But anyway, after that summer, so I, I really wanted to keep pursuing Taekwondo. And I really wanted to dedicate a lot of time to that. I didn't want to go get a, quote, real job at that point in time. And I also met my husband, my now husband that summer. And um, he was very much stationed abroad. Like he's a super yacht captain. So he was sort of all over the world and we were meeting up in different places. And I remember just having this heart to heart with Ali saying, I don't know what to do. I want to dedicate more years to Taekwondo. And I want to be able to go see you know, my now husband in different places. And he was often st stationed in Spain and I could go and train with the Spanish national team there. It was working well. And I said, but mentally, I'm going to go insane if I don't have another outlet. And I think I, I was, I working on a, on a you were doing thing? screenwriting right, stuff. Right. I, yes. Yeah. And um, she said, well, come join me in screenwriting. And I said, I know nothing about screenwriting. <laughs> and she showed up at my house the next day with this huge stack <laughs> of books. And she's like, you're good at studying. You enjoy school. Here, go read all these. <laughs> and it kind of started from there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Such a crazy path, you know. And then I did eventually go back to school for, for writing. I went back and did a master's degree in creative writing. That's so, when you were in yeah. BC, right? Yeah. Didn't you go... Yes. Yeah. At UBC. But it was an optional residency program, which essentially means you do most of it virtually, although you have to go in in person in the summer, which is great because I was in my 30s at the time. So it's great for people going back to school later in life, because by that point in time, you usually have a lot of other commitments. You know, I was a mother 
and you don't always have the flexibility to go be on campus full time. Yeah, tell me about the commitments. <laughs> yeah, four, four kids it's deep like a over lot there. Of years for me to circle back to writing. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Broad Ideas is supported by Next Evo Naturals. So as I've gotten older and I've had a kid, sleep is not something that happens to me. I've tried everything. So what I found really works and can relax my body where I get some sleep is CBD. But not only any CBD, Nextevo Naturals developed smart sorb technology clinically proven to help your body absorb CBD four times better than regular CBD oil because oil just doesn't mix with your water-based body. It works faster too. So when you're trying to get sleep, you won't waste time wondering, is it working? Because it does really fast. Get a better night's rest and a better day tomorrow with products from Next Evo Naturals. For up to 25% off subscription orders of $40 or more, use promo code IDEAS at nextevo.com. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com, promo code IDEAS. I just want to say one thing because you brought up your husband and he's a yacht captain. And I remember in the beginning, you know, you guys have to spend a lot of time apart. And I would always be like, how do you do that? You know, like, I mean, how can you yeah. spend a month and a half or six, you know, six weeks apart or whatever? And as I've gotten older, I'm like, you have the key to success. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, it's funny because so my husband, Giles, we get along great. We ha- we're 20 years together now. And, um, he's you know, everyone has their issues, but, mm-hmm. but he's fantastic. Yeah. We have a wonderful relationship. And he left yesterday for the Netherlands and I'm not going to see him for two months. So it's not seeming like a wonderful setup today at this point in time. Aww. But I think there is something to it, to having time apart, because it makes you very intentional about the time that you do have together to make sure that you're getting into positive relationship patterns and you're treating the other person the way you like want to treat them, it makes you like a little more intentional about those things. So I think that sort of helps set us up for for a healthier relationship than maybe if we were together all the time. Right. Although some people hear about what we do and they're like, oh, that's crazy. I couldn't do that. You know? But when you are together, you're together all the time. <laughs> yes, because he is off work then and we yeah. get to go have a lot of fun. And, and, yeah. and you did that with having a child as well. So, you know, that came into play. Yeah. I mean, it was a little crazy when she was younger. So she's 14 now, Taya. Um, she's in high school. And I sort of had the idea going into motherhood that it wasn't going to change anything. I was going to work the same, play the same, travel the same. And the reality is it's really not like that. So I think our first trip, she was two months old and we were going over to Germany because that's where my husband was stationed then. And I was on these constant like long haul flights and she was colicky. <laughs> oh, or... you have to tell the story about when we had our big meeting. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So we spent a few months in Germany her first year. Oh, yeah. And we had an original screenplay that we wrote then that was optioned. And this was like super exciting for us. We had a director. We had a director. We had production company, everything. So we were doing these conference calls. You were in Toronto. I was... No, I was in LA at that time. You were in LA. Okay. And they were in LA. So I was conferencing in from Germany and I hired a nanny. And the first nanny I hired lasted a few days. And then she quit without much explanation. I'm like, okay, so I need a nanny with a little bit more experience. And, but I think um, it was during the meeting. 
It was. It was yeah. during the me- meeting. So I got this nanny with like 10 years experience. But in retrospect, it was 10 years, but she'd only been with two families. And at that point in time, Taya cried a lot because she was colicky and some babies are just colicky. And I said to her, you know, I have this really important meeting. She might cry and I don't expect you to be able to stop her from crying. Just comfort her the best you can and keep her safe because that's all you can do. And so the meeting for us with this, like this huge deal with like, it was with Paris Barkley was the director and, you know, it was all like very exciting. And, um, she interrupted in the middle of the meeting and I was like, okay, guys, I'm sorry. I've got to, you know, this is the reality of being working and I'm being just mother. dying to say the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, uh, she's like, there's something wrong. I can't stop her from crying. And I'm like, I know it's okay. It's all right. You can't stop her from crying. I, I can't either. Just comfort her the best you can and just keep her safe. Like and that's what did she do? And she quit. <laughs> right then. And she quit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she walked out. Yeah. During the meeting? <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. What? She just yeah. gave you the yeah. baby back and was like, I'm out? Yeah, she said she couldn't do it. She said she couldn't do it. You would yeah. think like a German, like nanny, you know, you just picture like this, you I know, know, I don't know. You like, walk around mm. with the kid while it cries. You go outside. You go outside yeah. and you you jiggle yeah. it. You jiggle it. You <laughs> jiggle like it. it. <laughs> no, but it brings up exactly. another really interesting thing is like, okay, a working mother, right? Yep. So this now... First off, Allie, who had four children, who I've never known anyone who can do more than what you do and what you've done and how you raised the kids and how you handmade everything or churned butter or whatever it was. I mean, she's done it all. She literally churned butter. Literally, literally. Like all the stories. See, that's a whole other episode just to talk about everything that you have done in your life. So it brings up two things. Working as a mother, right? And coming into this, now, Allie in your 70s, Hesa in your 40s, and what that's like. So there's two, there's two different things, but really, I think, important and amazing as women. But yeah, I just want to touch on that a little. So let me say something just in case Allie doesn't come forth and say this. So when I was younger and she was raising four kids and, you know, she's in the active parenting stage. We're pretty spread out in age, but she was still actively parenting all of us. She was working as a corporate writer full time and she basically did not sleep because she never missed, like she would never miss a hockey game or whatever it was. She was always there. She was assistant coach of whatever team and whatever, but she would just work all night. She just did not sleep. And that is insane and should not. It's good thing I was young then. (laughs) The world should not be that way, though. Right. It shouldn't be like that. No. But that is what she did. And you still don't sleep, but. (laughs) Do you sleep? (laughs) I want to know, but do you sleep? Did you sleep? Because it's hard. Which one of us? Both of you. Like, there's a lot. I mean, we're both mothers, obviously. You know, Rachel is. But (laughs) there's so much to do in a day. And my husband doesn't sleep. Like he gets up every day at 3.30 and starts working. And I'm like, that's not, and he's like, he's fine. He feels good and he's working. Yeah, I need a lot of sleep. You do. And she sleeps well. Yeah. And naps well. Do you, did you (laughs) sleep doing all of that? So I sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
Ali's nocturnal. I'm at a stage in life now where it's more difficult to sleep. I could have slept when I was younger, but I couldn't, but I didn't have the time. (laughs) But now it's it's that, oh, I actually have the time to sleep. How come I'm not sleeping? (laughs) But it's funny having a nocturnal writing partner because she is coming up with ideas at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) When you're fast asleep. (laughs) Yes. She used to call me with them going, oh, I just have this great idea for what this character can do with whatever. And I have learned, what do I do now? Turn off the phone. Yeah. Silent. Off the <laughs> yeah, my yeah, phone. yeah. Yes, my phone is off at night. Yes, yeah. which is yeah. important. Yeah. And, and what about... And now I write them down. <laughs> you know, I think that in a lot of different areas in life, there is ageism. And there's a lot of messaging. Like, I remember even growing up, my mom would say like, oh, I wanted to be an actress, but then I had you guys. And so I remember always being like, well, you could have kept going, right? But... A lot of times there's this kind of you, oh, you become a mom, everything else should be put on hold and focus on your children. And there's also like, if you haven't done it by this age, you're probably not going to do it. What have you guys fought against to make this book happen with that? So I think it, it has probably been the hardest for Allie, I'd say, because, well, part of it is having four kids too. I mean, you were so insanely busy and... But I didn't feel like there was anything in particular that was holding me back. I felt I could do it all. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lack of time. It's, you know. Yeah. um, But there came a point where I really wanted to focus on creative writing. And so I had to step back from our business. And my husband and myself, we owned the business. So it was a little hard to step out of it, but it came a point where, you know, I'm in my 60s and this is what I really want to do with the rest of my life is to focus on this aspect of creativity. I mean, a lot of things that I was doing, I felt were very creative, but this is really the direction I wanted to go. And, you know, in my 60s, I thought, yeah, I can do this, you know, <laughs> let's go for it. Yeah. And, uh, But going back to it, though, so I know, obviously, her attempt to write a novel when she was 10, that that was never really going to get finished. But that dream was there then. And then I can remember when I was a teenager, we took a trip to Honduras once. And it was a rare opportunity where she didn't have a lot of the demands of daily life on her. And she was one of the happiest I've ever seen her. And she would just lay in her hammock all day, every day, drinking mango juice, writing, just constantly writing. And she was so happy, like working on a novel. She was so happy doing it, but it really took her till she was in her 70s (laughs) to get to the point where... No, 60s. Well, 60s, yeah, yeah, because the the publishing time until... Well, yeah, till till she could really dedicate the time to actually finishing a novel. And I think, obviously, men, women, everybody has demands on them through life, but I think... Women especially. Yeah, bear um, more of the brunt of that. Are, are, you know, given responsibilities Mm -hmm. that, you know, you have to take care of the kids, but I mean, you love doing it, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And, you know, you make the meals and there's a lot expected of women. For sure. But I think it's such a beautiful message. Like, first of all, for you pursuing it, Allie, even, you know, a little later in life and, and wanting to do it and pursuing it is amazing. And obviously the book coming out is such an accomplishment. And Hesa, I'll never forget you always saying, you know, being a mother, obviously that's always number one. And 
you both are incredible mothers and always kind of giving me the message that you have to still have your own sense of self and something for yourself outside of that, which was like so important for mental yeah. health and everything else. And you've always said that and it always stuck with me. Hence why we're here right now doing this podcast. <laughs> no, but it, and it's true. Yeah. You know? I think that's really important for your kids to see as well, that you still do things that are for you and that you enjoy your work or, you know, that you pursue things that make you happy. Right. I would have to say that I enjoyed my occupation also. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of creative aspects to it. But as far as the creative writing, that was something that I always knew I wanted to come back to. Right. But we were nervous. Don't you remember when it was first time to start sending our manuscript out? We're like, well, what are people going to think about a mother-daughter writing team and you're in your 70s? And we did have some trepidation about how that would be perceived. And I don't really know how people perceive it. I don't know is the answer. So, I mean, our publisher... Thought it was great. Thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So it was Ali's birthday back in June and I did a social media post on Instagram. And I thought, you know, a lot of women hide their age or they, you know, like say they're younger than they are. Or they don't want to put that out there. And I was like, are you okay if I just put that out there? Because I think it's important for people to see that you're accomplishing things in your 70s and that your, your passion, you're still pursuing your passion and you're achieving your goal at that point. And then there's really no limit on how long you have for these things. You just keep doing it as long as you're driven to do it. Yeah. I think that's so great. Yeah. It really is an inspiration to even young girls, you know, looking up. And and what you said before, you know, Briar will always be like, if she is grumpy that I have to work and I can't pick her up from school or whatever, it's good to show yeah. younger kids, you know, an example of like, no, mommy works, but be positive about it. Like you like to work. Yeah. But also, yeah. you know, there's other reasons. But it's 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 a really nice example for her to be like, no, I get to work. And I think Drew Barrymore said that yes, once, yeah. like how she frames it to her children. Like, I get to go to work, which is yeah. just a nice yeah. thing yeah. to kind of put into their head. But my other Absolutely. my other question, do you guys feel or did you, fe did you feel any pressure because you're related, obviously, to Hayden? Did that factor in at all with, you know, embarking on this? Well, on the novel itself? Just in general, writing. I know it was like film writing before. Did that have a play? Yes. Well, we actually started with different last names. Oh, we did? Yeah. I forgot about that. So yeah. we were actually, I forgot. That yeah, was a we while did, ago. We, we were worried about how that was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I never changed my last name when I got married. So, But I used my husband's last name. In writing. When, when for screenwriting. Yeah. Because we were worried about how that would be perceived. Right. So that plays into that a bit. Yeah, because yeah. we... But why? Like what? Why? Well, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, because we wanted our work to stand on its own. Got it. The work to speak for itself and not have anything yes, yeah. around it. Yes. Or... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it did speak for itself. And, you know, you guys have found success. And now, you know, with your novel and everything else. But it is an interesting thing because you know, you did feel the need to do that because you wanted that to be the main yes, focus. Yeah. And our publisher didn't know the association. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, in the novel world, it didn't really... No. It, it's more... So in screenwriting, it's very common to have multiple screenwriters on a script. Like mm -hmm. it's probably the norm by the time something, you know, actually gets to a production stage that a lot of writers have gone through it. But in novel writing, it is not as standard. 
And in fact, when I was doing my master's degree, I remember going to one of the professors there and asking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I was actually looking for a different professor and I was going to ask if I could co-write a creative fiction piece with Ali. And uh, he wasn't there in his office and there was somebody else there. I won't say the name. And he's like, well, what's the question? Maybe I can help you with it. And so I told him the question and he's like, well, that's impossible. Uh, you can't do you can't do any literary level of fiction with a co-writer. And I just remember saying, OK, thanks. And then leaving because I thought, well, there's no point in having this conversation with him because we're already doing it. I know it's possible. And if you're speaking to someone who doesn't even think it's a possibility, then you're not having the conversation with the right person. Wow. Well, the point was, though, that a writer has a voice. So how do you have a voice with more than one person? Yeah. But, but we've developed a co-voice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can also, you meld your writing styles and you kind of, you like, you learn to come up with something that is uniquely the two of you. Right. Um, but so I, we sort of got off topic there. The point of it was that we used H&A Christensen for our writing because we wanted to seem as unified as possible. So if we have the same last name and just do the first initials, like our perception was that in the novel world, the the bigger danger is seeming not unified for a book because people want to see, as Ali was saying, a cohesive voice in a book, which I think we have. Well, I mean, mother, daughter, you know, we've talked about this before, that once a child like comes from you, you you <laughs> literally like you share, what would you, did you say? Stem cells. Oh, sure. The stem cells <laughs> from the child break off and go into mom and moms break off and go into baby. So, so you're, you're literally... You literally oh, share a brain now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just connected. Well, we we actually think a lot alike in, in what we write and how we like to express things. So I mean, we do have our difficulties sometimes, but... Yeah, I mean, we have creative differences. Sure. But yeah. it's like every TV show with great characters, there's multiple writers writing those characters. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or there's and men. The voice. There's men writing women a lot, like in TV or whatever, and they're going through all these yeah. things. And I'm just like, honey. Oh, yeah. How was it for you yeah. guys yeah. to write the men? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, okay. You're well, like, the women are a lot well. stronger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, do, you know men. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to know what's funny? Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking back to our early screenwriting days. We wrote something and the feedback we got on it was that it was, what was it? That was a chick flick. Do you remember this? And by the way, that word was used as an insult. (laughs) So, I mean, I love chick flicks, but that was used as an insult. And I thought, well, that's odd because it's not a chick flick. It's an adventure movie. Now we're going back a number of years here. So I'm hoping this has changed. And our characters were female. And then I realized it's because our characters were female. So... I never get the feeling when we're writing men that we're writing, quote, a man. You're just writing a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's true when we're writing women as well. You're writing a person, although there are, like, for both men and women, there are some things that you throw in and you try to have an understanding of what that character's past was and how their gender has affected the way they've experienced the world. But we're all just people. Yeah. 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 And an adventure film with female leads is still an adventure film. It doesn't make it a chick flick. You know, we're all just people.
I think now in this day and age, it obviously with everything that's happened and me too and everything else, like women are really coming forward and they're more focused on making the films with the strong women characters. And it's, you know, it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the standard thing that they want to do. That's not the right word. But what, anyway, yeah. you get what I'm saying. I think it's so cool that you have such strong female characters in this book because you both are obviously such strong females yourselves. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> you know, it wasn't intentional. We didn't sit there and say, okay, we have to write strong women. Right. It was just how they evolved. But I mean, our Erica character. Erica's a lot of she's fun. She's really cool. Yeah, she <laughs> sort of lives in the <laughs> underbelly of society and yeah. she's like this she's, MIT PhD. She lives in a genius. She lives in this in a silo. That, yeah, that she's converted. She lives in a silo? Her. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, not a farm silo. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she's converted it into this uh, off-grid base. And yeah, she she's a really interesting character. But then also our police detective. Yeah. Corporal Nia Gray. So she is in the RCMP, which I think maybe people outside of Canada don't know. Mm -hmm. It's our federal police. It's like our FBI. FBI. Um, So the acronym is actually for Royal Canadian Mounted Police. But then I think people think Think they're on horses or something. Think they're on horses in little red (laughs) uniforms. That's exactly what you think of when you hear mounted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are federal police. And so she's in there. And the RCMP has been under a lot of scrutiny in Canada in recent years for sexism Mm. within the institution. And there has actually been a class action lawsuit filed by women who have been victimized by this. And so when we were writing a female RCMP character, we drew on the stories of a lot of women and what their experience was like. And we we actually interviewed RCMP women. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we tried to incorporate that into her struggle, like how she goes about doing her job and tracking down criminals while dealing with this on the work front. So I feel like the movie, I see the movie yeah. as like, yes, the the book, but it's you two. Like you two, they're like a Nancy Myers film. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? The mom like, daughter. The mom daughter duo interviewing the people and doing Taekwondo. I mean, come on. Doing it all. <laughs> which you do. You know, the identity <laughs> fraud, this just, you, I, I heard those stories of people taking houses and I was like, oh my God, people can do that. One of my dearest friends, her and her husband saved up, you know, their whole life. They were going to buy their first house and yeah. they got their huge, like for them, huge, well, for anyone actually, huge um, down payment for their home. They found a home they went to buy it and they got frauded for their deposit, wire fraud. Oh, their whole entire wow. life savings. Their whole savings gone. gone. Oh, really? This just happened a few months ago. It's absolutely yeah. devastating. They've worked their whole entire lives to be able to buy a home. And just like that, boom, gone. And so when they say to you, like, have you talked to the person today? Are you sure this is the person you're wiring your money to? All of those things. Yeah. A lot of times it's like, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and you don't realize that they're setting up all these precautions because people's homes, not only their homes are being taken with deeds, they're signing over their deeds without knowing it. And then the the wire yeah. fraud. Did you guys hear a yes. ton of these stories? 
So many, so many. And, you know, prior to embarking on this, I had no idea. Like, obviously, you hear a lot about identity theft, but to the level of stealing someone's down payment for a house or the entire mortgage for the house. Yeah, we have um, a a couple in in the book that are devastated because they bought a house that wasn't... Wasn't actually for sale. sale. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. So... And their lives are just devastated. Yeah. Yeah. It's so... It felt evil to me. Like, it felt so... Like, when that happened, it hurt my heart so bad for them that I couldn't shake it Mm. for... Like a month, I was like, I know. Still, you called me right when you found I we did. I was in like, utter shock. Like, my heart hurt. I was like, it was one of those things where you're like, you hear that happens, but you don't think it's going to happen to you or anyone you know, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's such a uh, a level of financial loss that it's life changing. Yeah. That's crazy that you knew, like, you know, that something's so similar. I know. In real, real life. I that, know. Because yeah. when she was reading, you know, about the book, Stealing John Hancock, she was like, this just happened. And then I remembered the story because you don't think this is going to happen. And it's such an interesting concept because it is real. It does happen, even though it seems so unfathomable. Yes. Even the smallest amount of identity theft, like... And you've been a victim of identity theft. I've been a victim of identity theft. And I was... What happened? I was um, about eight months pregnant, nine months pregnant, something like that. You were definitely pregnant with her second. Very... um, yeah, pregnant and my identity got stolen and someone got arrested in my name and they got multiple arrests in my name. Oh my goodness. And wow. when I found out about it, the cops were like, you have to go clear your name because if you get pulled over, anything happens, you will be put in jail. And I was like, I started crying, freaking mm-hmm. out because I'm like, wow. yeah, I'm nine months pregnant. And they're like, they don't care if you get pulled over you're going to jail until you can prove that that wasn't you. Rachel, I pulled her with me. We went and spent days at the courthouse (laughs) with detectives. We did. Trying to clear (laughs) my name. And it was such a process. And I was thinking like, what, they're going to, I'm going to have my baby in jail? (laughs) So sorry about that. I am too. It was a nightmare. But people can, you know, they can just get your address. They can. Yeah. It's crazy. It seems so easy. I mean, I don't know how easy, but like easy enough where it happens all the time, which is... Yeah. So one thing we learned is that not always, but most of the time with identity theft, usually the victim actually gives some form of information mm-hmm. away. There's like, um, everybody knows phishing, but there's also, there's phishing, vishing, and smishing, depending on if it's, if it's by phone, <laughs> Do tell. by text, text or, or by email. Yeah. What? Um, and that's the actual yeah. terms for it? Those are the actual terms. We would not make up something like that. But actually, Ali's uncle was a victim as well when he was yeah. in his 80s. Yeah, this little, little little Italian man. And he he received one of those, you know, IRS phone yeah. calls that you're going to be arrested and you owe these back taxes. And I don't know why he actually did this, but he went out and got what's called a green dot card. It's at some, I, I don't know, they sell them at pharmacies uh, yeah, where, yeah. where he lived, but it's some kind of prepaid card that you load. And then if you give someone the number, number. to the card, then they can claim it back. And he had to get $8,000 worth of these cards <gasps> and, and call them with the numbers and lost all his savings. Is this, and just this, uh, and, uh, this, this little, he, yeah. <laughs> was it Gigi's brother? Is that Italian man. Uh, yeah, yeah, grandma's brother. Yeah. 
Okay. I was going to say, yeah. because yeah. I feel like yeah. she would tell so, him like, yo, what no, They prey what are you on doing? the elderly too. So he, we were talking, he, I was talking to his daughter and um, he was actually scared that someone was going to come to his door. They told oh, him they were going to come yeah. that night oh, and arrest him if he didn't pay right away. Yeah. So he didn't tell anybody until after he did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, but he immediately so went out because he thought he was about to be arrested. And that night, he said that he was just, you know, lying there waiting for someone to come to the door. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. But this was also, me. this was 10 years ago. So I'm hoping that people are a little more aware now, but I don't know. You're shaking no. your head. Yeah, because they called my husband's mom and dad. And, you know, they luckily called us and were saying, this is what they're calling and saying. And, you know, a lot of people that are older in age don't necessarily know that the IRS doesn't call, right? Yeah. So they're going to send a letter. Like, those are the kind of things, like, if you get a call, if you get a text message, if you get an email, none of that is legit. Because you're being fish smished or wished or whatever it is. <laughs> Fished, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know who I feel so bad for? Any legitimate calling person. If my bank ever has to call me, after all the research we've done from stealing John Hancock, I'll be yeah. Like, yeah, who are you? <laughs> you want I don't think so. Right, right. But then that going in person, right? Right. Yes, yeah. I think most people have become fairly savvy now because, you Are know, skeptical, hopefully. It, it's... it's <laughs> It, it's it's pretty public, all these scams. But people fall for them all the people time. People are still you know falling what? like crazy. Because they keep changing them a little bit. So there's one thing <laughs> here in Ontario that I don't quite know how this works. Do you guys get called by duct cleaners multiple times a week? Air ducts. Air ducts. This happened when I was just working up there. Doug, my driver, called about yeah. the duct cleaning. He's like, I got a bunch of chickens and then hung up. Like he was joking with that. <laughs> Like, do you need any duck cleaning? He's like, I got a bunch of chickens. Anyway, it was my first time experiencing this, but it was up there, so not here. Yeah, That is exactly what I did. Well, because Rachel knows we live out in the country. I used to have a lot of ducks. We have like an acre pond in the backyard. And these people call multiple times a week. And I'm not sure exactly how it works, but it is a scam. There are legitimate duct cleaners, but they're not the people who are calling you. And I was getting so bored of the call, so I thought I might as well have some fun with it. And my daughter, Taya, was there too. And I was like... Yeah, yeah, I could really use having my ducks clean. They're such. And he's like, oh, great, great. I'm like, yeah, they're such filthy animals. And he's like trying to explain it to me. I was like, no, no, please come on over. We've got six of them on the pond. I'll do chickens too. Yeah, and also a note to people if you want pet ducks, Hesa can attest to this. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, with my friends who got scammed, they did an email. They copied. Oh yeah. They copied the actual escrow people's email verbatim, so that yeah. you think oh. it's coming from your escrow company. Oh, that's so crazy! Wow, that's funny that they copied it verbatim because I've noticed with a lot of them that there are spelling mistakes in the email or grammatical mm. mistakes. And kids, this is the actual real reason you need to stay in school is to be able to determine <laughs> the real emails from the fake ones. <laughs> yeah. Because most of them don't bother to copy something verbatim and make sure it's all correct. Like a lot of times there are errors in there and I'm just looking at them going. Hmm. Knowing you two, especially Allie, she's going to be like, <laughs> oh yeah, the grammar I'm police. Them. <laughs> yeah. Or editing it. She's going to call them up and be like, you might want to change these lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's such a fascinating topic. And I have to say, 
So I haven't read the book in entirety yet because I'm very old fashioned. I like a proper book in my hand, you know, and I did start it digitally (laughs) and I know I have to wait another week, but I already have mine pre-ordered on Amazon. As you know, I did it in the kitchen in front of you, my witness, (laughs) but I like I started it and it's so funny. Some of the similarities, because obviously I know you so well and, you know, and uh, I can like pick up on some things, but I can't wait to have the book in my hand to really read it. And the thing I'm super into what do, what do you call them? Twists. Twists that you're not going to mention. because you're not yeah. I'm not spoilers. mentioning them because you have to read it for yourself. It <laughs> is worth it. <laughs> is there any love in it or is it mostly just... Yeah, is there any like romance to it? There, there's a bit. You know, I have to say... Not, not really. Not a lot. You know, that is one thing about having your mother That's as a writing partner. That's what I was going to ask about. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not. Yeah, what's going to no. happen if you guys ever yeah. have to tackle any of that? Like a love scene? <laughs> that's what I'm there, is, there is the occasional scene that we have to write for something that we don't feel comfortable writing together. And usually one of us writes it and then hands it to the other person <laughs> without saying a word. And the other person will just write over it and make changes without saying a word. <laughs> yeah. There is one one section in the in this book. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Because I'm a sucker for all that stuff. So like, I'm always like, you know, yeah. searching for that, but like between the lines <laughs> yes. or whatever. Yeah. But um, I, so I do, I do enjoy. Well, there's definitely that tension there. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah. Which I think yeah. you need, right? Yeah. I was finding that really fascinating. Like how do a mom and daughter approach that because whenever my mom talks to me about anything I'm like no mom oh you know like, and you no. guys know my mother is way yeah. too much of an open book like trying to talk about that kind of stuff where it's just She'll like talk about anyway. oh yeah yeah oh yes having your mom yes <laughs> I wouldn't yes. want to I wouldn't be able to read your mom's book with you I would like, be able to read my mom's book I would be able to actually. you would you yeah. would you all would I would not but that no. just speaks to the point of yeah like love scenes or anything like yeah. that you're not gonna be like okay mom and he, un- he unbuttons her shirt and you're just like, I'm like no. okay stop stop <laughs> yeah if, if there's ever anything we're uncomfortable writing together one person writes that scene then hands it to the other Smart. person and, and you never yeah. speak of it and it's just an and we down. never speak of it no. yeah I think that's the it's only hilarious. way to go about it <laughs> I fully, yeah. fully support yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we cannot wait. The book out October 1st. You can get it. Yes. You can order it on Amazon or I like to support, you know, the local bookstore. Yeah. Support your local bookstore if you can. Yes. If that's easy for you. The Blue yeah. Heron in Uxbridge. We love. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's where our book launch is. Our book launch is there on October 23rd. All welcome if you happen to be from Uxbridge. But <laughs> <laughs> if you're traveling, it's such a sweet bookstore. Oh, and we just found out Today. Oh, yeah. Today. Yeah. Just, so just, just 10 minutes yeah. before we sat down with you, we just found out that um, it's being published in Italian too. So it's going to be translated <gasps> into yeah. Italian. A publisher oh in Italy has has purchased it. Yes. Grandma must yeah. be like ecstatic. I don't know if you told her yet. She's <laughs> so excited. And also the police officer that I mentioned before, Naya Gray, she's also from Italy as well. So from That's a small right. town, not far from where my grandfather was from. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. We've got the family connection yeah. back to there. Yeah. yeah. So we're very excited about the Italian rights. That is so cool. She's flying up for the launch. Did you know you that? You did tell me that. She's 90. Yeah. yeah. Wait, how old? 96. 96. Yeah, she's 96 years yeah. old. She's flying up for their book launch. Allie's mom. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How proud. Yeah, she's amazing. How proud she's, is yeah. she? <laughs> Another incredible woman. I mean, that yes, lady. she is. Yeah. And I wonder if it'll yeah. continue with your daughter. Is she interested in writing, Hisa? 
she has actually started writing a book with her best friend. They haven't gotten very far, but she is a full-on reading addict. So she goes through probably a novel a week. So she reads a lot. But yeah. she's also, she's super into art. She's a runner too. She's super into art. Can I just brag a little bit about Taya? She is the coolest, most adventurous. Like if you had to survive in the woods, you would want Taya with you. Like I would, <laughs> yeah, I would definitely true. need her to survive. But she, they went camping and her and her best friend, these 14-year-old girls, were on their own campsite 45 or how long? Half hour, 45 minutes? So they were, so this is backcountry camping in... Um, Ontario, which means you're you don't drive up, you paddle into your site. And so their campsite was a 45 minute paddle from ours, and then they just took off with by themselves, um, 45 a map minute paddle to camp out at night to... with bears. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, but that's mm-hmm. Taya, like so excited about it, just getting herself around, figuring it out. But you know, Briar's into all the same stuff. Oh, Briar that's already Briar. she already wants to yeah. go. Yeah. She's like, can I go by yeah. myself at the next campsite, 45 minutes <laughs> no. away with Taya? And I'm like. Sure, honey. Yes. In <laughs> when 10 you're years. 14. In 10 and 20 years. No. <laughs> but yeah, she is just the most amazing, coolest kid. Yeah. I just have to like, you know, brag a little bit about yeah. everyone. Well, her mom's never going to stop. You. <laughs> <laughs> but how amazing. And how amazing for her to see you and this book coming out, you know? And yes. And yeah. it's just amazing. And obviously for you well, too, Well, that's what Allie, we were talking like, about before, about like when you pursue what you're passionate about and then your kids see you doing that. And I think that sets a good example for them. Absolutely. As grandmother and mother, you know, all of your grandkids, (laughs) Allie, and you as an aunt and mom and just everyone seeing this, it's truly incredible. And it really is such a nice reminder to never stop following your dreams. Yes. Oh, thanks, Rachel. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy that you were able to come on and tell us about it. And I'm so excited to get the actual book in my hands. (laughs) I'm going to get it for my mom, too. And I'm going to have her read it at the same time as me because this is her jam. She loves. (laughs) Oh, great. Oh, yeah. This has been so much fun speaking with the two of you. See, it wasn't scary, was it? Yeah, it wasn't scary. See? We're not so bad over here. Um, But you guys were wonderful. And everyone stealing John Hancock. Get your hands on it. I cannot wait to read it and find out what happens. I love a good thriller like this. And everyone should get it for their moms, too. Or dads. Or dads and brothers Brothers, and uncles, cousins, sisters, sisters, babies. Anyone. It's for everyone. But Allie Hazel, thank you so much. I love you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And love you. You guys are amazing. To much success. Shh.